0: The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch Thing. We watch Thing. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing for another week of fun. This week is a big one. I knew that there was only one person I could get on the show to talk about this film with me. It is the biggest Marvel nerd I know, Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews in 20Qs. How are you doing, mate?
1: I'm doing great. And I don't know if you mean that figuratively, literally, metaphorically, (laughs) whatever.
0: It's probably all true. It's probably all true. Uh, I I am a
1: beast of a man. So yes, I am a massive Marvel fan. That's correct.
0: Every time Topher and I have spoken about a Marvel movie on this show, you have basically lost it at us through the phone telling us how wrong we are about everything we said
1: it's it's funny because like i listen to you guys and i cringe and i just keep cringing and there's part of me that doesn't want to be that fucking nerd on the internet that's well actually well actually well actually but there's some things i've just got to call out and be like what are you guys up to you know some things but yeah yeah that's 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 me that's me to a t
0: yeah, so I was so excited to get you on the show to talk about this movie. We are, of course, talking about Eternals, the new MCU film, the 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The uh, film was directed by Chloe Zhao, who wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, and Kaz Furpo. It's got a massive ensemble cast, starring Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Liam McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Kogan, Don Lee, Harish Patel, Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. And what is it about, Sam?
1: Tells the story of the Eternals, the Eternals being a creation of the Celestials, the Celestials being the creators of the universe, basically. And the Celestials send out groups of Eternals to different planets to help populate that planet. Those, once they've finished populating the planet, uh, there's a Celestial inside the planet which draws life force from all the beings that are living on the planet. That Celestial then awakens and destroys the universe, and they start all over again. Yep, yep. So you now being- just there, if, if you haven't seen this film, you're probably sitting there going, is this guy on drugs?" <laughs> yes, but that is, what, that is the plot of this film, basically. So it's just, it's, we've got these main characters, and it, tell, it goes through their lives. It shows them over 7,000 years of existence, shaping the planet to get to present-day yes. Marvel Cinematic
0: Universe. Yep, yep. Now, you being the nerd that you are, I know that you've read the, the comics of The Eternals. Is that right? Hells yeah, bitch! <laughs> is that a single story arc, or is that a... Like, that's just a small run, isn't it? That can't be, like, an ongoing series.
1: So, the original Eternals came out in the mid-70s. It was written and drawn by Jack Kirby. Jack yep. Kirby being the creative partner of Stan Lee, who basically basically they created the Hulk, Fantastic Four, four um, X-Men, you know, quite a few of the main players. Not Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. That was, uh, that was Steve Ditko. Yeah. But... There's been other runs since then, and um, yeah, certainly it's it's not very close to the story. Like most okay. most MCU films that like basically adopting comic book storylines, they're never very close. Civil War was nothing like Civil War in the comics. Yep. Winter Soldier was probably about the closest that we came to the Winter Soldier in the comics, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's a very loose adaptation.
0: Yep. Okay. Cool. Now, before you saw this movie. I know that you started to see the reviews come out. This film has been wildly divisive. It's the first MCU film to be rotten on the tomato scale. Not that we put too much stock in the tomato scale, but, you know, it's something to take note of. I am so curious to see which side of this fence we land on. And I I don't know. Shall we hop into it then? Do you want to tell me what you thought of this movie?
1: I do, I do. Of course, that's why I am fucking on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the end. Bye. See ya. Um Yeah, the it's it's an interesting one for me because because as as you said, I am a massive Marvel nerd. Absolutely yep. love the MCU. Absolutely love everything they they've done so far. I get that it's very cookie cutter. I like, I know that people like to apply that to you know, to Marvel films. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. well, the villains always, you know, like a different version of themselves and, you know, of the, of the hero and all that sort of stuff. Like, I get it. I get it. there's a lot of similarities and they've all got parent issues and all that sort of stuff. I get it. I get it. So for me, this film, like I'll start with the positives cause I've got a few positives and definitely got a few negatives. But for me, the, the positives that came out of this was that they tried something different. Yep. This is not like any other MCU film that we've seen before. And it's, I don't know, like to be honest, and I hate to say this, this is more like Justice League for me. This is more yep. like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I where the Facebook got
0: where you're very from.
1: Yeah. Got very ambitious and basically just thrown a ton a ton out there and hoped some of it stuck. And like visually amazing Chloe Zhao, I mean, yeah, she's got a great eye for picking up, you know, like for creating scenes and creating environments and capturing the essence of characters. Can't fault that. So visually amazing. But um, I've got issues. I've got issues. So okay. why, don't, why don't why don't you why don't you start having a bit of a chat before I get into okay. Mister right. Mister Negatron?
0: Oh, okay. All right. This I think this is going to be an interesting episode then because I'm I'm going to throwing in a BDBC, my friend. Ooh. Big Dizzles, big call. Cool. This is top five MCU for me. This film <laughs> far and away blows Endgame out of the fucking water. <laughs> I loved this movie my friend (laughs) so i don't know if that's gonna disappoint you or whether maybe you'll be proud of me that i actually liked an mcu film but this this film i loved it i thought it was great (laughs) and don't get me wrong there are negatives for sure which yeah we'll get to but strong film strong film (laughs) for for a guy who loves tommy boy it kind of it makes me feel dirty that you
1: like an MCU film this much. It makes me think, man, this film must be actually really terrible.
0: No, you if know I think it's is... terrible, maybe it's really terrible. That's all I can <laughs> say, man. That's all I can say. I um, I did. I didn't go in with strong expectations. Like I'm not a massive MCU fan, as you know. I've liked quite a lot of them, but I'm I'm not. I haven't been. I think the highest I've given any of them is a seven, right? But I do really appreciate Chloe Zhao and her work. So I was very curious going into this. I knew nothing about it. I'd seen no trailers. I didn't even know that Angelina Jolie was in this film before I sat down in the cinema.
1: I don't think Angelina Jolie knew that she was in this film. (laughs) I don't think the people making this film knew Angelina Jolie was in this film. How little they gave her in Sam Hikes.
0: All the negativeness is coming out. This is what I hate. See, here they they go. And (sighs) this is, all right, here's, I'm unlike you where you started with the positives. I'm going to start with the negatives. All right. Hmm. Like you said, I can definitely see the similarities between this and Justice League. Yep. Yep. The issue with this film is its ambition. The the problem is that there are 10 lead characters, all of which are being introduced to us in this film. This isn't like the Avengers where you get a culmination of characters coming together after having seen their origin stories. Mm. This film has to do everything for 10 full characters. And not only that, we're not talking about a story that is... It, it's not even decades old. It's not even centuries. We're talking millennia. <laughs> like, it, yeah. is, it is a lot to fit into one film. To have to establish 10 lead characters in the time that this film does, I actually think for the most part, it does it pretty well. But, yeah, you're not going to be able to give all 10 of these characters the same level of care. And I do think that that is its biggest flaw. That said this MCU film probably has the least amount of human lead characters in it and by far feels like the most human story to me. Like this, you even the characters that don't get the same level of care taken with them as others, I actually still cared about. I think they're all unique. Not only do they have unique powers, they have unique struggles, unique journeys. They care about different things and have different values. And the fact that we do see so much of human history in this film while there's too much there and and I do think the first half of this film in particular drags a, a fair amount I don't know I th- I think that this film feels really by far the most human story to me like I actually cared about this film I think which a lot of the time with MCU films I kind of don't
1: yeah fair enough like like for me the human story of the of the MCU films I'm not really there for that I'm there for the spectacle and I feel like i don't need to have that human story because I'm so familiar with the characters yep. and like their representation that I already know you know like a, a simple line between two characters is enough for me to be like oh yeah that's that's true to the character in the book sort of thing yeah I, I, I know where it's coming from certainly for me my my biggest takeaway from this is even though it's relatively long it doesn't feel like enough there's too much and not enough at the yep. same time it's t- very ambitious you're right like there's a too many characters in this for you to care so when sam hayek dies when um ajak when gilgamesh dies it's like oh well and it's it's sad because i legitimately feel like this could have been a great tv series like there is enough there easily enough there to have you know first episode um it's in 5000 bc it's when they we first get to meet these people shows the influence of them seeing them in babylon seeing them in the medieval ages seeing them with the spanish um Invasion of um, Mexico or Aztec Empire, it was at the time. You, yep. you can have these as individual um, storylines, and then certainly that would be so much more better. And you could almost dedicate—if you made it ten episodes long, you could dedicate, or well, less than that, six episodes, you could dedicate it to one or two of the characters, and you get such a well better fleshed out storyline. Yep. And I suppose my biggest problem with the MCU since endgame is that it sort of floundered around with these properties where it's gone, okay. We've done that. We've had a guy that can wipe out half the universe. How do we do this? And so, like, how do we continue this? Like, where's the big bad from here? How do we, you know, tell stories and all that sort of stuff? And for me, WandaVision was a, a TV series that probably went for too long. Um, certainly Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a movie. that should well, It should have been a movie. Whereas yep. this is the first one I've looked at and gone, that should have been a TV series.
0: I actually, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I think it's that's one of the interesting things about the COVID times and the fact that this has been in production for so long. I think if this hadn't already been in production as a film, mm. then in the last year or two, when MCU started moving towards some of those more kind of mini series type events, I, I think they would have probably gone in that direction for this. And I agree with you, that would have been stronger. I could see this as a Lost type series where you're really getting you know, a full three sixty view of these characters, you know, where you see flashbacks and possibly even flash forwards and all these different kind of angles of what these people are, that could have been really strong actually.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just sad because there's it's so hard for me now, and having seen them actually go fully fledged on these Marvel, you know, TV series and stuff like that, to haven't seen them try this and been ambitious in those TV series, to not look at something like this and go, would this have worked better as a TV series? Now yeah. that they've dabbled in it. Now they've tried it. It's hard for me. Like Loki was the perfect blend of every episode was its own episode, but then it's at the same time it was able to tell a like long running story and it was awesome sort of thing and it's like if they'd done it like loki if you had the six episode arc showing all these guys oh man i would be so there for it and unfortunately that's the problem i have with this is now as i mentioned when characters die i don't care when angelina jolie has some mysterious illness that's affecting her and um you know all that sort of stuff i don't care and it's and the other this is the other hard part about it is that due to the editing and due to the rush nature of trying to get through millennia of different stories we have we have scenes that literally feel like the characters are talking about something and then two thousand years later they just continue the story yeah <laughs> it's like yes. nothing's happened over two thousand years like hey can you run down the shop yep cool two thousand years later oh, here's the milk you wanted you know <laughs> yeah yep yeah it feels like that it legitimately feels like that and again if you just had you know just ah oh, there's so much there. There's so much more there. I wanted, um, you know, like as, as negative as of a sound on this, I'm not going to give my score away yet. But <laughs> yeah. I, I got to admit, it, like I, I feel like the cinema going experience, you also pick up on what people are feeling around you. So yeah, okay, yeah. Halfway through the cinema, halfway through the film, the, uh, it was like an action scene. Suddenly went quiet. The guy behind me goes, "This fucking sucks." Wow, <laughs> wow. And I was like, wow, he's yeah okay okay i can you know appreciate his comment and then i looked over at stacy and stacy was smiling i was like what are you smiling at she's like he's right (laughs) (laughs) i was like hmm okay so yeah i mean again i've only seen it once i always see every marvel film at least twice before i make an opinion on it so if you walked me out of captain marvel the first time i would have gone that's a you know, this an average, mediocre, like right split down the middle film. But then the second time I watched it, I was like, I actually see more of what they're going for. So I feel like this deserves a rewatch. So I feel like I'm being a little undue- unduly harsh on something. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, this oh, just yeah. There's a few few criticisms, definitely.
0: Yeah, for me, I feel like those criticisms are completely valid. Like I said, and I do think this could work exceptionally well as a series rather than a film, but. Unlike you, I actually I found that I was caring about the characters. I think given they had so many to juggle and such a massive story, I think they balanced it pretty well. I do think, like I said, that the first half in particular, which is the one with the most flashbacks, yeah. definitely begins to drag. And this film should be half an hour shorter. But like you say- it's already in some ways too short, but there's also not enough material for two films. For example, like you couldn't, there's no way to split this down the middle. I don't think.
1: Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you basically be putting filler in, which you can get away with in TV series. Yeah. You can't really get away with in a movie. You can't really suddenly have a, you know, random segue to two characters that, you know, need elaboration or need discussion. Yeah. And unfortunately that was it because some of the, some of the bit players come in and play massive roles towards the end. Like Droog, um like he, he's suddenly like all important we've only had one like you know like real scene from him where he's you know basically just dismissed the whole group and said no nah, you guys are all a bunch of idiots we shouldn't be doing this or that sort of stuff and then you know plays sort of a key role at the end other ones too like the sprites turn you know when she went from just being this girl who's fed up with being a teenage girl even though you know does your body sh- <laughs> <laughs> like you know if you're physically a teenage girl but you're Seven thousand years old. Surely you've got the maturity of someone who's seven
0: thousand years old, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And you're you're an alien.
1: You're not human, so you're not.
0: Yes, that's one interesting thing I had with the film. Also, I mean, like, let's talk about the diversity of the cast. It's oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's great. It's a little bit strange, in some ways, given that they're meant to be aliens. They all have different accents. They're there for seven thousand years, living in different parts of the world, but their accents don't change. I know people who've moved to the UK for a year or two, and all of a sudden adopt a different accent. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, some of that is a little bit odd for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I find it strange as well because it was like, like on our old podcast, we quite often have the what deep philosophical debate rose in you during this film, and um, one of the, the one for me is like, do these guys. First of all, do these do they change body shapes and hair and all that sort of stuff? Because, like, let's be honest, they're very fortunate to have modern haircuts, And yeah. you know, 7,000 years ago, and they, they, they just maintain those bodies for all of millennia. Like, that's lucky for them sort of thing. But, yeah, it's
0: one of those things that's just, like, it's kind of odd. It's kind of yeah. strange. The amount of weight I could gain in 7,000 years would be staggering. <laughs> like, yeah. If I was a mortal, if I couldn't have a heart attack, you have no idea how many double <laughs> quarter pounders I would be smashing. <laughs>
1: I would literally, like, I'm not meaning like I would be impossible to get out of the KFC in a like, you know, (laughs) metaphorical sense. I mean, my body would physically be impossible to get out of the
0: doors (laughs)
1: of a KFC if I if I could live forever.
0: Well, that's, I mean, you could literally spend a thousand years sitting in a KFC. (laughs) Time is meaningless at that point. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's talk about the direction by Chloe Zhao. One thing that I really appreciate that the MCU has done is to give these smaller, offbeat, more indie directors a chance at something on a large scale. And I think in the past, that's worked so well. Like, you look at what's happened for James Gunn's career, post-Guardians, you know, Taika Waititi, his take on Thor, easily the best Thor film. And uh, honestly, who would have seen that coming? Me. (laughs) I love that Chloe Zhao directed this film, and I think that the direction is stunning. This is You have to agree that this is the best-looking Marvel film ever. Like, there, you know, and not just the cinematography, I think the VFX work in this film is easily the strongest of any Marvel film for me. They can oh, wow. oftentimes be quite ropey. Here, I thought the blend was really nice.
1: The the deviants for me just felt like poorly designed creatures and horrible VFX. That was another thing that sort of took away took away from it. Great ideas, great ideas of these mutated dog slash animal type things, but certainly, certainly as a yeah, I didn't didn't find that all, all that engaging or whatever. But yeah. yeah, visually you're right, like absolutely. Um, I me you and Tofu were talking about this about how Kevin Feige got really surprised at Chloe Zhao when Chloe Zhao was turning in dailies and he was like, oh, here's some shots, and he's like, oh what green screen did you use for these? And she's like, no, it's it's the natural environment, Kevin. (laughs) And you know, like there is, there is an over-reliance of the MCU on green screens and creating environments. And for her to refreshingly keep it quite grounded in a way and, you know, like just use nature at its best. It's it's similar to like um, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. It's like, let's take the best aspects of New Zealand, and you know, transcribe them into film and do it that way. And absolutely amazing cinematography. I, I look, I can't, fault Chloe Zhao and the only thing I I sort of feel is that it was great that Marvel gave her an opportunity but you sort of feel like at least Taika Waititi had quite a few films under his belt and James Gunn did as well like that sort of progressed up until up and you know progressed up and they took over or you know James Gunn took over a property that he was obviously intensely in love with very passionate about yeah 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 very passionate about Taika Waititi took a pre-existing You know, thing that was failing and going, hey, how can I make this work? And I feel like for Chloe, this is like this is huge. You know, this is a super, super, you know, set of superheroes, um, way more powerful than the Avengers. You know, like and to try and create all these backstories and all these stories. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think anyone could have done a better job. I'll put it that way. I feel like the odds were stacked against her, and she did a reasonably successful job. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a hard slog.
0: Yeah, I think for me. The one thing that lets the film down the most. And like I said, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I actually, for me, the characters really worked, and, and I liked their individual developments even though it, it did at times feel rushed. For me, the stakes are just too high, and this is a problem that we get with every Marvel film. Not every film needs to be the end of the universe, <laughs> but you're right, we've progressed to a point now where these characters are, as you say, stronger than the avengers they are literally immortal there is only a handful of things that can kill them and a handful of things that really can make them care so where else do you go but i am so sick of the end of the world because it actually the stakes are so high that they cease to exist because you know that that's not going to happen by the end of the film yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah so for me that just completely ruins it they, they could have
1: kept it like a way more grounded level where they thought they'd killed off the Deviants. However, the Deviants had come back in a mutated form, had paired up with like maybe another intergalactic threat and they were, you know, hunting them down, you know, and like one by one they were getting killed off. I think that would have been a way better film to introduce. And, and Yeah, I mean, I brought up Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that was a big pill for audiences to swallow, especially because Marvel up to that point had been so, like, you know, just focused on earth and people that reject Kirby comics, like he was 30 years ahead of most other people in terms of comics writing. But this, for me, this story, like I was watching this and I thought to myself, the average movie goer is going to be sitting there going, what the actual fuck is going on here? And, and you're right. Like the, the certainly the, the whole scope of like, this isn't just the world ending. This is the entire universe being yeah. destroyed. You know, Thanos wiped out half the universe. Well, what can we do bigger than that? Wipe out the other yep. half. You
0: know, so. Yeah. Well, let's turn to the cast then. I th- I think all the performances in this film are very strong. I think Kamal Nanjiani is a genius. I think he, for me, really steals the show in every scene he's in. Gemma Chan as our lead, Cersei is wonderful. It is an odd choice to have Richard Madden and Kit Harington in this film, both in love with a woman called Cersei. Yeah, it's odd, right? Very it's it was pretty it took hot. me out every time. <laughs> pretty,
1: pretty weird. <laughs> Rob Stark is rolling over in his grave right now.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I thought all the performances were were really strong. Are there any that you thought were a little weak?
1: Uh no, yeah, no, look, I admittedly I loved all the performances in this bar one, and we'll get to him very soon. Oh um, interesting. But, yeah, interesting is right. Um the Every single one of them was great and they did the best with what they had. You know, like I'm a massive Salma Hayek fan, massive Angelina Jolie fan. I'm so yep. glad that she's back doing blockbusters because she carries Same. a presence, uh, a, you know, an ethereal beauty as well as like a, a screen presence that's, you know, hardly anybody can replicate. So to see her in this was like, this is awesome. Um, And then the other characters like Madden, I mean, he it was obvious from the get go that he was obviously a bit dodgy for me. Like I was just like, no, something's not right with him. Kit Harrington seeing him actually have fun, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh Gemma Chan was great. You know, it was kind of funny that she became the main character of this film. You know, it was sort of it's like when you see the promotion for it and you see uh Sam Hayek standing at the front, or you see Madden in quite a lot of the action scenes, given that he's pretty much Superman, so you know, his action is yeah. gonna be way better than most of the other characters. You know, it was, it was kind of surprising like surprising when Gemma Chan took over has basically been the lead, but I loved it. I loved it because I think she's an incredibly talented actress. I don't know what's going to happen when she comes up against Minerva, who she played in Captain Marvel. That's going to be an interesting <laughs> situation.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: That she's already been in the MCU before in a semi-prominent role, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But she's she's awesome. Yeah, there, there's there's not a single cast member during the the standard runtime of the film that I was like, oh okay, you know, like there wasn't one that I was like, yeah, you know, I've got problems with that. Uh-huh. Brian Tyree Henry is also good Um haven't really mentioned him enough but the, the one that threw um, me the most was the first post credit scene you know Pip the Troll comes out yay Pat Nosewell that's great and then Star Fox aka Eros comes out and it's played by Harry Styles Harry Styles, Harry Styles. I was like oh no what have you done now Marvel you've sold out you're catering to the teenage girl audience you motherfuckers
0: who I didn't recognise my wife turned to me and she said Harry Styles is in this and I was like who don't like
1: Billy we know you were we know you're a massive One Direction fan or but
0: yeah Harry Styles I
1: mean I'll I'll give him a chance you know what I mean it's it's one of those things when like they were announced like when they announced um Chris Evans as Captain America I was like really the guy from Not Another Teen Movie or the you know the horrible Human Torch out of those Fantastic Four movies it sucked (laughs) this is gonna be interesting so I've got to give him a chance but I must admit when he popped up and. Or Swami and all
0: that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, no, no.
1: Now I'm assuming
0: with a name like Star Fox, even though he's um, Thanos' brother, he's a good guy, right? He
1: is. So okay. basically, when he was born, he was basically a normal birth and became another Eternal. Whereas Thanos somehow got a bit of a bit of deviant DNA mixed into him, hence why he's so ugly and purple. And yeah. Okay. But but if you. Listeners, here's what something fun for you to Google: Starfox slash Eros, the character, and have a look at his his history. And yeah, he's kind of a massive creep. He's okay, kind of like uh, don't want to get into it too much, but he does some things to some people that are pretty flippin' disgusting. So yeah, okay.
0: Here's one problem that I've begun to have with the MCU, and it's been a problem for a while. There is too much, and if you are someone yeah. who is going to watch all of them, that's great. I'm never going. I, I haven't watched Winter Soldier. One Division is the only of the series that I've watched. I'm never going to catch up on that stuff due to cinema closures. We still haven't. We've only just got Shang Chi here, so I haven't seen that yet either. There is just too much reliance for me that there is an expectation that you know things. So. I, I wasn't excited about Star Fox because I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> the second post-credit scene, which let's talk about, which I'm assuming is setting up Kid Harrington as a much larger player. And I think that's great. I would love to. I was actually surprised when his character dipped out of this film. Yeah. And I would love to see more of him going ahead. I don't know why I'm supposed to be excited about that because it is, it's almost too small to even be called a tease. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you're like me, you know exactly what it's alluding to,
0: and what it's alluding yeah. to is pretty intense.
1: Uh, you uh, you know, any listeners, if you don't want to hear some Marvel spoilers, I'm going to just drop them on you right now as to what all that meant at the end. But basically, back in Arthurian days, there was a guy, Sir Percival, and him and Merlin and somebody else created what's called the Ebony Blade which turned out to be one of the strongest weapons in the Marvel Universe. I think it's maybe even stronger than Mjolnir. It basically makes the the bearer of it invincible, immortal, all that sort of fun stuff. And so the guy that first wielded it became what's called the Black Knight, and Dane Whitman, who is Kit Harkin's character, is also the Black Knight. When he says to Cersei, um, I've looked into my family history and found something interesting, yeah, that's what he's alluding to, and then the Ebony Blade at the end is... Um, Basically him deciding whether he wants to take it up or not. So the thing about taking it up is that once you take it up, yes, you become immortal and that sort of stuff, but you have an unsatiable desire to kill people. <laughs> so, right, okay. So he basically brings out all the worst traits in you and basically makes you murder people. So for me, okay. I was like... oh, Yeah, see,
0: that that's cool, and I'm looking forward to that. Do you know or suspect who the voice was that spoke to him in that moment?
1: I if I have to hazard a guess, I feel like it was Doctor Strange, because if you're gonna go of someone who knows magical artifacts, I feel like it was him. Okay,
0: cool. But that is one thing I liked about this film. Even though as I've said, I think there's too much and there is too much of an expectation that you know everything. Yeah. I liked that this film just had the odd reference to other Marvel films. You know, they, they, they allude to Doctor Strange when he's like, you know, are you a wizard like Doctor Strange? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of talk about Thanos and the snap, but it's not overwhelming. Um. So, I think they got that balance pretty good, which honestly is very important when you're dealing with a film that already has so much to cover.
1: <laughs> yeah. My favourite comment by far was Kingo saying, I used to remember when Thor was a little boy that used to follow <laughs> me around asking me questions and now he's an Avenger or a god or something. And I was like, that's, that's cool because Thor's- I think five thousand years old, so he, you know, feasibly could have followed him around back in the yeah. back in the Norse mythology days. So yeah, that was that was cool. The um the only other person that I suspect that might have been saying that is is Merlin himself. Like I feel like we're going to get oh, that interesting.
0: Yeah, I would love to get Merlin going in the MCU
1: because I feel like this teased it in enough. You know, in terms of um you know like uh when Fina was playing with that sword and somebody said to her, "What's that sword?" and she's like, excalibur I was like, "Wow, this was this." Is wow, they're really chucking in the Iferian legends here. This is quite interesting. Which is cool because we're going to get um, Hercules and Zeus in the next uh, four movies, so that'll be interesting. Let me ask you this
0: question. (laughs) Do I know everything about Marvel? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The MCU has jumped around timelines a a fair bit. Yep. But this film still is very much grounded in present day and everything else is presented as flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this film opens the door now for us to get an MCU film that is fully set in the past? You know, like how we've had Wonder Woman 84 or, or the first Wonder Woman, which was set in um, World War One. Do you think that we will ever get to that point in the MCU where we get a film that is fully set, not in present day?
1: Oh, so like Captain America First Avenger where he's set in World War II or um, Captain Marvel where she's set in 1996?
0: i forgot captain marvel was set in 96 but doesn't the first doesn't the first (laughs) avenger catch up to present day
1: it does catch it does it does capture up to present day because we do see like a post credit scene where he's you know come back to life sort of thing and nick fury's like hey i need you sort of thing so Yeah.
0: yeah do you think though that we'll get one that is centuries old that's a good question
1: uh Yeah, I mean, they've they've got enough there to do so. I mean, there, there's been announcements that um Catherine Hahn's going to have her own TV series, Who so we might get our own TV series set back in the Salem Witch Trial days, showing her character, Agnes. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, that'd be interesting. A whole movie? Yeah, potentially. I feel like there's enough there easily that they could um sort of go back in time and do those stories. Like, I feel like especially for some of these characters like i feel like there's enough scope there and they have got enough history that you kind of want to see those like you kind of want to actually see you know like captain marvel has so much scope to have so many stories and stuff like that and even these eternals like you could easily create your own story that would be set back in the past and you know you wouldn't have to have such heavy reliance on modern times and um you know like like every problem that we have now where a giant celestial being starts coming out of the planet, and the Eternals show up to stop them. And it's like, "Where's Doctor Strange? <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah. Where's that- anyone else
1: to try and stop this? Where's Captain Marvel? Where's Shang Chi? What's he doing? You know, like, yeah.
0: yeah, you're exactly right. That is an issue that in this film they try and cover off why we've never seen the Eternals before. Oh, they were instructed not to interfere with non-deviant related issues yeah that doesn't go both ways why are the why are the avengers not here yeah exactly exactly
1: and even still when it's like we've been told not to interfere yet you happen to be right at the crux of some of the most important parts of civilization you know like you don't feel like you'd you know show up admittedly though like if we'd had the eternals battle for thanos it would have been a very short fight
0: true but i mean doesn't that I mean, isn't that something that they actually would interfere with? Like, their goal, essentially, is to keep the population of the planet up. So, if Thanos' plan is to half that, why are they not interfering? Like, why would they not have been instructed to to stop that.
1: <laughs> this is why I'm here. You see, you and Tofu would probably be going back and forth on this. Uh, the, <laughs> the throwaway line of every time there's a conflict, there's massive advancements in technology and then baby boom and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like they would have seen Phanos as wiping out half the human population of being a good thing because then they have a baby boom and we're back to the being you know, like double the human population pretty quickly sort of thing. So No
0: way. Yeah, I know that. I, mean, I, I guess, know okay, that. But this pretty, is Marvel
1: I, logic, Billy. You've got to apply Marvel logic. To these <laughs> you need a convenient excuses for, you know, why <laughs> Why don't we go get the Avengers? That's a good question. But let's not think about it too much. Anyway, next point.
0: <laughs> Um, We would be remiss to not mention the score by Ramin Jawadi, which yep. I think is easily the best Marvel score since the original Avengers theme. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yep. It's really, really gorgeous, and it just accentuates just how lovely the look of this film is,
1: yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it complements it well. It's um I must admit I'm not a big school guy, but it's 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 very noticeable for me, so
0: yeah, totally. I have not yet seen every MCU film, as I've said. Is this our first openly homosexual character in Brian Tyree Henry? And is this the first gay kiss that we've had in the MCU?
1: The only one that's come close was when one of the Russo brothers played himself and said, um, you know, it's an end game where they're talking about the snap and everything that's happened. And they're talking to Captain America and he basically says, you know, I lost my partner. He was a good man type thing. But right, yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of like seeing two gay guys in a relationship together, no, we haven't seen that. We haven't had a sex scene in the MCU. So that was another one that was uh, introduced yep. by Richard Madden and Jim and Chan having a sex scene. So there was a couple of like proper firsts, I guess is the best way to to say it. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, film gets a massive tick for diversity for sure. Like the yep. cast is wonderful.
1: Yeah, so much so that it's been banned in um, a couple of countries because Marvel or Disney refused to actually edit out some of that stuff.
0: But you know what? Good on Marvel and Disney because in the past they would have edited stuff out. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Disney especially. Yeah, that's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, Disney certainly have edited stuff out for, for releases in, in China.
1: I I know they removed the Girl on Girl kiss at the end of Star Wars, one of the Star Wars yep. films. I know they removed that for international audiences, yeah. So how are you scoring this? I'm scoring this with numbers. I am <laughs> going to give it... I'm going to give the benefit of a doubt. I was going to give it a five, but I'm going to give it a... Which, for, for me, a five is like there's enough there that it's good but there's also enough there that's bad and you probably wouldn't recommend this to people to run out and see it six is like s- soft recommends i'm bouncing between the two but i'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and i think that i'll like it a lot more if i see it again so i'm going to give it a six Yep, I'm going to give it a yeah, six cool. uh as much as you say this is the bo- uh, top five mcu this is bottom five for me legitimately right. four two i would give a four um and then iron man two age of ultron a couple of them are probably five to so sixes you know I've got a couple of redeeming features, whereas 4-2 is legitimately a fail for me. And I'm, I'm surprised that's a green spot. I'm surprised that's not a green splotch on the, on the Rotten Tomatoes
0: scores. But yeah. Right. I'm a, I'm a 7 out of 10 on this. I had a really, really good time with this film. Definitely has flaws. Plenty of flaws. But I think that the positives outweigh those for me. Probably for the f- second time after the original Guardians film
1: yeah yeah fair enough oh cool you enjoyed it more than me did you expect that did you <laughs> i you know did anyone who would
0: who would have thought that an mcu film where i would be a higher score than you that's insane it is insane right it's absolutely insane all right well, can you tell people where they can find your wonderful show sam
1: i, I host the podcast movie reviews and 20 Qs. we are doing this film we've got 20 questions that we're asking about it if you want to come and listen and find out which eternal i think was the first to have sex with a human Stuff like that, really in-depth <laughs> <you know>, questions <laughs> that really probe right into this. Or, you know, stuff like, if I was an Eternal, how, what technology, uh, if I was Faustus, you know, the guy that creates all the technology, what bit of technology I'd leave in the ground 5,000 years ago just to troll humanity now when they dig it up and go, <laughs> what the hell? This fleshlight's 5,000 years old. <laughs> What's <this doing> here? <laughs> so questions like that, you know, it's, just, it's a comical, but at the same time, you know, we try to ask poignant, comical, and weird questions about stuff so we kind of try to take a bit of a abstract approach but at the same time you get enough of actual proper film criticism in there so that's the podcast we're 20qs um billy will be on a show at some point in the future we have got to tee him up to come back on and we, we may even be having topher on because uh, oh yeah that's exciting. We keep we keep toying with the idea of, of films to do so that him and Billy won't be able to do them together,
0: so we might be doing Dune. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> well, speaking of Toph and Dune, Toph is joining me this Thursday talking about Lynch's 1984 Dune. Really? Oh. Yes, really. So that's going to be fun. The return of Toph to the show. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll be checking out Red Notice with Dan from Netflix and Swill.
1: I'd rather hang myself than watch 1984's Dune. Uh, I, I actually have re-watched it recently. That's why I'm That's, saying this. It's yeah.
0: legitimately terrible. <laughs> Well, listen next week to find out. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at WeWatchThing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we the thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we the thing, and I'll catch you on Thursday. Go watch a movie, folks. Hey. <laughs>